Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, training camp is in effect. Preseason game tomorrow night, dude. Yep. Hockey is back. The NHL is back. NHL is back. The World Cup has been happening, dude. We're getting ramped up for the season. The presidential debates are happening right now. Global warning was made up by the Chinese, dude. (laughs) I'm so glad we're doing this instead of me watching the debate. I'm so glad. That's just not one of those things that I ever want to do. What do you think if like we added like Patrick Waugh to the debate? That would be amazing. And he just started banging on the glass. <laughs> yeah. He, like, In anger? And, then, and then he climbs it. Yeah. Like Scott Parker. I would like that. Maybe we should put them in glass. That would be cool. Like, that would be good. First person to get or, out like, wins. Yeah. And you call penalties on them yeah. for different things. Yeah. That would be much more entertaining than the debates. Tell Two you. minutes for pants suiting. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> the season starting, training camp is there. The uh, Sharks that are playing in the World Cup are not back yet. Actually, there is no right. team more represented in the final than the Sharks. The Sharks have five players in the final. Um, of course, dude, they are the defending Stanley Cup losers. <laughs> that means they get to have the most players hurt in the World Cup. Great. <laughs> but, uh, dude, so I know you maybe weren't paying as much attention as you might have thought you were going to during the World Cup. Is that true? I watched every game, dude. And by every, every you mean none. That is correct. <laughs> dude, I, I told you, I just, I, I couldn't. I have way too much invested right now in watching the Giants completely ruin my summer. It's over, Giants. No, it's not over. Oh, I thought they were eliminated. No, they were, they're were. they not going to win the West, but they probably will be a wildcard team. Oh, oh, oh. Which then extends the torture even more. Right. Because right. that is, I mean, that is that is really, really torturous. The Giants are putting us through probably the most torture that we've experienced yet. So, um, which means they'll probably sweep everybody in the playoffs. That's just how the Giants do it. Yeah, that's, they're just going to roll. But I, it. I couldn't. I, I between that and um, you know kneeling for the anthem, I've just been really busy. <laughs> just a lot of time kneeling, huh? <laughs> um. So, dude. Well, dude, there's there's lots of questions about the Sharks during the training camp. We can talk a little bit about the World Cup, or we can just completely skip that topic entirely. Here, let's talk about the World Cup. Ready? Yeah, the U.S. was up one nothing, and then they blew it. The end. The end. They I, didn't win a single game. Torts is the best. <laughs> He's the best. Did you see uh, Phil Kessel's tweet? Yes, I was just going to say that. How funny. I feel like I should be doing something important right now. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. Very funny. But Very honestly, funny. if you look at those two teams... I mean, how could the U.S. How can the U.S. be competitive? I mean, the the fill-in guy for this is the thing that sort of that crystallized it in my mind when they were talking. The thing that they were talking about the fill-in player for Canada was Corey Perry. 
the 50-goal scorer, Corey Perry. He was the fill-in guy. Like, he would have been on the right. first line for the U.S. Like, they would have put right. him on the top line with Patrick Kane if he was playing for the U.S. Instead, I get to watch Justin Abdelkader play 30 minutes a night or whatever he was playing. N- not to say that the U.S. doesn't have talented players, but when you have the kind of firepower that Canada has, it, it's... I mean, everybody's kind of in the same boat, you know, it's just, it's a question of who can gel, but it's also just a question of who's got the raw talent. And there's no question that Canada has the most raw talent. It's not even close. Dude, this conversation is boring me. Already? Yep. Let's move on. Yeah. So dude, training camp, lots Let's of players. training camp and no real game. No, yeah. No real games do, but th- there's, there are roster spots in play and I was sort of looking over some of the things Kevin Kurz was talking about, which is a, kind of a good list of things maybe to talk about. And there's a couple players, at least, that I think, you know, sort of sharks that we're used to seeing that may or may not have jobs come opening day. One, let's start with Tommy Wingles. Is Tommy Wingles going to play? Pretty much he's only got the only room for him right now is on the fourth line, and he makes a lot of money for a fourth-line player. Will yeah, he play or I mean, will he be I- traded maybe? Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I think that there's a really good chance that, you know, the three players that Kurz kind of identifies as the veterans on the on the chopping block, which are Nieto, Carlson, and Wingles, you know, I think there's a very good chance that one of them is traded at some point near the end of the preseason when another team loses a top nine forward and they're willing to trade, you know, something, you know, insignificant basically for the sharks to clear some cap space Mm -hmm. i think the dangerous part about that is that you know whether they win a spot or not you know both those guys are all useful players and you don't want to you know deplete your depth it's going to depend on how good are are we going to see just the timo meyer rise in who's not even going to play tomorrow night because he's got strep throat or chicken pox or some other you know uh, hand, foot, and mouth disease. Mad I, I don't cow. Know. Mad cow. Yeah. But like, is it just going to be him, or are we going to see, you know, Sorensen, you know, live up to this hype? I, I worry that he's being a little oversold right now. Yeah. Um, and that we're just going to be disappointed when when you see him. But if he is that good, then, uh, you know, perhaps he's the second player, and Barkley Goudreau is the third that could push two of those guys out. And you right. can stomach one of them being a healthy scratch, but two, it's too much money, dude. Yeah, I think you're right. I, we've we've forgotten about Barkley Goodrow, who was easily the Barracuda best player last year. And that's one guy I think could easily slip in under the radar and, and, and take a job from somebody because I think maybe... And we're, not, uh, we're not even talking about Goldobin either. I mean, right. I think that there's a few players here that could make strong impressions and and do very well. You know, one thing that, that Fear the Finn has written about is that, you know, for the first time in a long time, dude, the Sharks minor league team is actually going to be filled with quite a few very interesting young players. Like, yeah. it's usually been a collection of veterans that you just don't care about. You know, you, know, you can only uh, buy so many Jay Leach jerseys. But, dude... <laughs> You know, uh, they've got some very interesting young players that could be on that team, and it could make them very exciting to watch. And you could also make a case that you'd rather keep them together than have them playing a very 
meaningless role on the big club. Right. Being the uh, 13th forward or what have you, you know, playing every third or fourth night. You know, you got a young guy like Goldobin, and, you know, we've certainly had this discussion about other players. Goldobin, to me, doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you really would normally play on the fourth line. And sometimes that can really put really high skill type players in a difficult position. Because if you're going to bring up a player, unless he's just tearing up the NA, the AHL or tearing up junior scoring 50 goals or something, you're not going to plug him into the lineup next to Joe Thornton. You're not going to plug him into the lineup next to Logan Couture. You got to give him some sheltered minutes on the third and fourth line. And sometimes those skilled players, they don't really shine in those conditions because there's just not a lot of offensive creativity you know, those kinds of situations just don't exist that much. And so sometimes they struggle. And I'm a little worried about Goldobin in that way. And, you know, I'm very excited about having a super high-skilled, like, Russian player on the team. I know, you know, the Sharks have traditionally not have many Russian players. And I'm excited to see if this kid turns out. But I'm a little worried about where he might slot. Right. Well, they're probably, I mean, depending on his camp, best served to leave him down in the AHL for another year and let him be a top point producer and the guy on that team um, so that when he's ready to make the jump, he can have an impact in the top nine because there'll certainly be some spots there moving forward when uh, I think we all expect Patrick Marlowe won't be around next year. So um, there's even another spot to be had there. Right. Lots of variables here, dude. Lots of variables for a team that just went on a cup run. Some some, some camp battles to be had, for sure. Yeah, which is really nice to see. It seems like there's, you know, it seemed like, the, you know, a few years ago or even two years ago, we were sort of saying to ourselves, who in the world are we going to be able to get to play fourth line that doesn't suck? And now we're having a conversation where there's just not enough roster spots for everybody. I mean, you're right. I think Wingles and Nieto could easily be out, uh, especially if Meyer can play and it looks like this Sorensen kid's doing pretty good. So yeah, I mean, both of those guys could be on the outside looking in. Right. And I think that there's another player that Kevin Kurz mentions, uh, LeBlanc. Yeah. Correct. Yep. You know, this guy, I think was the highest scoring player in junior hockey last year. Yeah. He had like, you know, he had almost, he had more than one assist per game and like a goal a game or something. He was a crazy high scorer. So he's a real wild card in this scenario to see, Kevin you know, LeBanc. Yeah, what what kind of uh, player he is. So it's exciting, dude. You know, the Sharks haven't had a lot of exciting young players to track in quite a while. You know, usually there's just one to focus on. I think one thing that, you know, we haven't talked about yet, but I'm sure is on the mind of most Sharks fans is the health of Tomas Hurdle. Right. And that's a wild card here as well. You know, I mean, like, I think we shouldn't expect him to just jump in and be in perfect form right away. I think there might be some growing pains here early in the season in terms of him getting his legs back up under him. Yeah, I'm worried about that. And and uh, we'll talk about you know some other contract stuff, but I'm, I'm a little worried about Tomas Hurdle. I think a lot of people sort of chalked him up as a, as a in-the-bank, good young player that's going to grow into a larger role for the Sharks. And to be perfectly honest with you, with the year he had last year, I I don't necessarily see that yet. I think he's got to string together, you know, two good seasons before I'm willing to say this guy is a slam dunk, good NHL player. I think he's an NHL player, but is he going to be a, a top six guy? I can't say that for sure. 
You know, it, it, it seems like all of these experiments they've had of putting them at center, which they want to do, they've all failed. And uh, that makes me nervous. Well, I mean, maybe he's better suited to play on the wing. I mean, he certainly thrived in that position last year. And it seems they're going to give him another go as the third line center. There's pluses and minuses to that. And if Timo Meyer can step up and fill that void or someone else, then, you know, certainly you won't miss him, his production up on the top line. But um, Pete DeBoer has done everything to earn our trust, dude. So we, we will wait and see what happens. Most importantly, I just want him to be healthy. Right. I do think that Tomas Hurdle, when healthy, is, is a very important part of this team. We saw how ineffective they were without him in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I don't think he would have changed the course of how that final ended up, but it certainly would have made the Sharks more competitive if he was playing. So uh, just a story to keep an eye on, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, dude, just to go back to the uh, Kevin LeBanc discussion, uh, he was sixth in the OHL in scoring, 31 goals, 76 assists with uh, in only 68 games. So that's a, a pretty impressive result. Um He's actually uh he's actually from Staten Island, New York. He's not a Canadian kid and he played in the uh national de- uh development program for the US and then was going to play college hockey and then decided to go play in Canada and play junior hockey instead. So kind of an interesting path for Kevin LeBanc and I don't think he is under contract yet with the Sharks. They have not offered him a deal. So we'll see if he shows enough maybe to get signed to a minor league contract or something along those lines or or even take a contract uh, with the Sharks and take up one of their 50. I don't know how many contracts they have right now. I'd have to look at a different site. But um, Kevin LeBanc could be interesting. He really found a scoring touch last year. So can't can't feel bad about that. Cool, dude. Good times. I think some other, you know, we, we've talked about a little bit about the backup goalie situation. And I, I think, you know, right now, if you were in Vegas, you'd bet on Aaron Dell to be the backup goalie. But certainly that's not a slam dunk either. I mean, you know, uh, I think Troy Grosnick was the player that last year you would expect to maybe be the next one in line. He kind of fell off a little bit last year. I think that's uh, that's up for grabs as well. And then you've got the uh, the Swedish model. Yeah. who uh, might, might be able to to sneak that spot away with uh with maybe a, a couple uh a couple finely tailored suits maybe uh Peter Boer's way or he can he can dazzle the opponent uh, opposing offense with his dreamy eyes there you go yeah. yes they're just seduced can flash <laughs> the zoolander to them you're right though I Dell is is the front runner I think because it looked like uh Groznik did not have a very good uh year last year 922 save percentage last year Gro- uh Groznik was under not really the Mendoza line but he was under 900 which is really not a good not a good marker under any circumstances so uh he I think he's got the inside track but we'll see what happens I'm 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 concerned about this a little bit but uh you know cuz cuz the thing actually I'm a little bit more concerned with than either Dell or Groznik winning the job you know one or the other I can't say I've seen a lot of either play. The thing that makes me worried is that if these guys, you know, if the coaching staff doesn't have any confidence in these guys, I don't want Martin Jones to get totally overworked because the Sharks are built to be another playoff team here. And, you know, and we've talked about how maybe they might even be, you know, from a personnel perspective on paper, they might be even better than last year. So I'm sure they're thinking, hey, I'd like to make another run. 
And if Martin Jones is playing 60, 65 games, I'm not going to be super happy about it. I think they must feel that they can make a similar deal as they did last year at the deadline to pick up a James Reimer type whenever they feel like it. You know, and those deals must be out there and possible um, as they're projecting for it. I'm sure they're not sitting there going, we love Arendelle. Oh, this is the answer. Like, right, right. They probably looked around the landscape and felt that, you know, there's no way they were going to give a five-year deal to James Reimer for that kind of money. I mean, that was that's ridiculous. Right. Frankly, ridiculous that Florida did that in the first place. They must There must be some sort of Luongo health issues that we're unaware of. But um, they've got to feel that there's options out there if they need to pull the trigger. So for now, this is what we got. I think Florida was just following the winning playbook set forth by Dallas. <laughs> clearly, clearly good move to sign two number one goaltenders and pay them way too much. I mean, that just really worked out great for Dallas. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> do do one thing I saw on TSN, uh, now that Brad Marchand has resigned uh, with Boston, uh, Bob McKenzie wrote an article saying the biggest outstanding uh, UFA for next offseason is none other than the Sharks' own Brent Burns. And, uh, you know, there hasn't been anything coming out. I think uh, McKenzie says they're in preliminary talks. Real numbers have not been discussed. They're not close to hammering out a deal. But he goes and, and speaks about what some comparables would be for Brent Burns. He's making under $6 million cap hit per year. Sharks memorably signed him to a, what, a six? Was that a six-year deal or a five-year deal when they traded for him? It was five. Yeah, so they signed him to a five-year deal, uh, less than $6 million. So he's going to get a raise, obviously, as a Norris finalist. You know, he, he did that at the right time. Um, I guess the question is what, you know, the, the Sharks have not signed players to long contracts. They've never signed the, uh, the new UFA-allowed eight-year deal to anyone. They've never given anyone an eight-year deal. They've never even given anyone a seven-year deal. Um, what, what kind of... What kind of money in term would you be looking for to give to Brent Burns, who is over 30, right? So if you're going to give him a long deal, you're going to get into those over 35 years. Well, I guess it depends on how much, you know, Brent Burns is is willing to, to play ball here, you know, in terms of signing those kind of team-friendly shark deals that Doug Wilson has gotten some of these players to do in the past, you know, um, if you look at these deals, um, you know, Joe Pavelski is making $6 million, Logan Couture, $6 million. Um, Vlasic signed that huge long deal several years ago at 4.25. So you've got to expect that Burns will become the highest paid player on this team. Sure. You can't really argue with that. I mean, what are the comps around the league? You know, what are the what are the players, the other players around the league, in his group? Bufflin right? so, Bufflin got seven point six for five years. Yeah, so I think that Hedman Hedman got a little bit more for eight years. Hedman got the full eight, but, but Hedman's Hedman 25. is younger. Hedman's twenty five. Hedman's younger. Yeah. 
So Bufflin is same age-ish, yeah, right? Same age-ish. I think that you're looking at five years, forty five years, forty million. Yeah, you're looking at an eight million dollar a year contract. I think. Yeah, I think that that is that's completely reasonable for that kind of player. Right. And if he wanted to hit the open market, I'm sure he would get more. Obviously Subban got 9 million, you know, the no one's going to make the mistake of saying Burns is is Subban here. Subban's obviously younger. But uh but when you get out in the open market, I mean, these kinds of players they get don't exist. And he would get he would get eight or more from somebody else. They would give it to him. Mm-hmm. And um I don't think that he wants to go anywhere and he certainly strikes me as the type of personality who wants to stay here, wants to be part of a winning team. And he will probably take that same sort of team friendly five year term that Dustin Bufflin did to stay in Winnipeg. Right. I'm going to say five years, 40 dude. That's what I'm going to say. I I think, I think the, the, the per year is right, but I think that he's going to go six years. I think he's going to want, Six years, then he'll be 38 when the contract is over. That seems like the right amount to me because 37 is going to be tough to re-sign any kind of deal. 38, you made a lot of money and you can sign a one or two year deal and be happy. But 37, you might feel like, oh, I got several more years to go, and that's kind of a tougher spot. So I'm going to guess six million. Although the Sharks, like I said, they don't generally give out contracts of that length. But I think you got to open the open the wallet for Brent Burns, right? You got to open the wallet. Uh, And I don't think there's any danger of them not doing that. I mean, this was the type of player that they were seeking for several years and they're not going to just let him walk away in the prime of his career. So uh, I would think this is going to get done. I think it'll get done in the next couple of weeks. I I don't think they'll start the season without Brent Burns sign. Really? I could see I could see it taking into the season because I think both sides are so laid back. I think both sides want the deal to happen. I don't think there's a lot of like animosity. It's not like it's going to create like some huge Stamkos type situation. It's not like I Burns know, is like so, you know, it'd be greatest to go back to Minnesota. You know, or, I love Minnesota or something like that. You but know? if you're Brent Burns and, and and why why would you risk getting injured? Like just get it over with. Like mm-hmm. if, if it's if it's going to be five, six years and you're 40, 40, 38, 42 million, like you're sort of like, well, whatever, I can buy another iguana. Like several. Then if you blow out your knee and you're in a Rafi Torres situation and then all of a sudden you get nothing. Right. Right. You get nothing from anybody. I think that it happens soon, dude. I think it happens before the puck drops at the beginning of the year. Both team, both sides will want to get it done. Done deal. Dude, that brings up Jumbo then, because I think neither of us believe Patrick Marlowe will be retained. He asked for a trade last year. He's probably going to get it this year. Uh, Jumbo had a great year last year, <laughs> arguably the MVP of the team, even with uh, Burns as the Norris finalist. Are they going to re-sign Jumbo early on, or you think they're going to wait like they did no. three years ago? I think that they will wait, and I think that they will wait until after the expansion draft so he does not count against their contracts. I think this will be a understanding that both sides will have. He doesn't want to leave. They don't want him to leave, and he's not even going to entertain offers anywhere else. 
The expansion draft will happen. They will not protect him because they don't have to. And then they'll sign him afterwards because he's, I think, that kind of guy. So uh, that's how I predict this playing out, dude. Wow. That seems awfully risky. Well, I'm. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is risky. And I mean, I think if you don't believe the player, then you. But if you're Joe Thornton and, and you have finally reached the level that you wanted this team to reach, mm-hmm. and then you're just going to leave? Like, you, you're going to leave after finally the team is where you've been waiting for it to be for all this time, and you're going to leave now? He's not going to do that. Like, he's been through all the crap. Like, yeah. Like, unless they have a really disappointing year, which I don't think we're expecting, but if they have a really disappointing year, then maybe he'll go, well, you know what, well, maybe I will go to some other team that has a better shot of winning and and I'm out. And the Sharks at that point would probably say, you know what, why don't you go, you know? Yeah. But I think if everything is as good as it is and as it is right now, you know, I think Joe is going to do the team friendly thing which is wait don't sign the contract let them protect another player i mean are you going to lose chris tierney because joe thornton had to take up your one of your spots at 38 years old yeah yeah i don't think he'd do that right that would be sweet just 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 my opinion dude that put joe firmly into the mount rushmore of the sharks as if he isn't already but i i mean that's just to do something selfless like that, that would be really pretty cool. Of course, you know, if things don't work out, then boo-hoo, he'll get $8 million from somebody else. <laughs> right. I'll cry a lot of tears for him. Right. Dude, in other news around the league, let's see what's going on here. Jacob Truba wants out of Winnipeg, dude. Shocking. Good for him. Who doesn't want out of Winnipeg? <laughs> I think there's a line, isn't there? I think so. There's a line out of town. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to trade him, dude, so... They're just gonna suck it up and hold on to him, and he's all mad. They're gonna they're gonna pull the uh, Jonathan Duran I mean, situation. He's a very well. I think so. I I think exactly that's what's gonna happen. The last time a player tried this with that kind of leverage, he didn't have any leverage. I mean, now Truba is a more proven player than Duran was at that point, but yeah. you know, I mean, he just took. He is, he is sitting out, dude. He's not going well, to camp. Good for him. Then he can sit out, and they'll suspend him. He won't get any money. And his value will go in the toilet. Right. The Jets, the Jets leverage to trade him. It, when a player goes public like this, the leverage goes down the hill, down the toilet. Yeah. So he's not doing them any favors. They, they, what are they going to get for him? They should get something good for him. He's a good young sure, player. They should. So unless, yeah, he is. So unless someone's going to give something really good for him, then I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. They're gonna. They'll do it if it's a good hockey trade. They're not gonna do it because he refuses to play. Right, right, dude. Do you care anything about the World Cup final that's coming up? No, you, Europe not at all. versus Canada. No. Do you? Don't. How about this? This might make you smile. Um, Marion Gabrick got hurt. He's out eight weeks. Yeah, I like that. And we won't see him against the King. Uh, the opener on the twelfth. So that'll be good, right? That's good. Yeah, we like that. Kings are going to be I bad, like aren't they? Are they going to yeah, be bad? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Dude, when are we going to do... Uh, does this mean next week we got to do a season preview? No. No, dude. We don't do that till like right before we start. Okay, when are we going to do the draft? Oh, like the week before we start, dude. Okay, okay. Just you making... anxious to pick your losing team? 
Well, you know, my, this coin is burning a hole in my pocket, you know. I got the, <laughs> I got the dartboard right here. Uh, with my first pick, I picked the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> Ba-ba-boo-boo. <laughs> oh, mercy. Dude, I'm getting excited about hockey again. I got to be I got to tell you, I was like going over the shark schedule. I was like putting the the calendar entries into my phone like when the games yep. were and it's just like yep. looking ahead it's like I, you know this is the time of year where i'm like you know i'm gonna see arizona on friday night preseason i'm like arizona that could be interesting it's like that kind of it's that <laughs> time of year <laughs> oh, where you're like arizona yeah. okay and then like by yeah, november 1st yeah. i'm like arizona okay who wants these tickets oh, for free oh, I, I wonder how goligoski is gonna fit in in the desert <laughs> And then it's like, who cares? They're they're terrible. So. How many minutes will Dave Boland skate in the preseason? <laughs> dude, inquiring uh, minds want to know. I want to know. Uh, dude, I'm spent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that was good. I are we gonna? Tr- I think we're gonna try. We're still we're still in negotiations. Just for our listeners, we're still in negotiations. I know in the last podcast we talked about finding a regular night. Negotiations have begun. We have not uh, decided on we're a make, night quite We're making yet. an effort. We're going to try and find a regular night to report. Find a regular night, and uh, then hopefully by the time the season starts, we'll be out of the gate, regular. Doug will be tweeting like crazy. He'll be t- tweeting like Trump. Except That's more, right. Except more often. Build a wall. And uh, build a wall around the arena. Anyway, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then we'll be back. And so... I'm 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 smiling again, dude. I'm excited for I know, hockey. Dude, again. Look how giddy you are. I am. Like, I kind of am. Like, you're so excited. I'm like, oh. I'm happy for you, dude. Thanks, dude. It's thanks. Adorable. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back again next week to talk about more preseason things that I'm sure will come up between now and then. Coolness. Goodbye. Bye. Show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.